Hey, this is Chip Baker, The Real Dirt. On today's episode, I'm talking to Joel Payne. He's the founder of Earl's in Leadville, Colorado. I've known Joel since 2009 when we worked together designing a pretty large-scale dispensary at the time, Patient's Choice. Me and Joel immediately got along with his uh, organic gardening techniques, all hand-watered, water-only, high-quality cannabis. The past several years, Joel has been establishing a new dispensary in Leadville, Colorado, the highest dispensary in the country, or maybe not, but you'll hear about that and other things on this episode where we talk about organic farming, growing at altitude, and the history of weed in Colorado. Stay tuned for The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. Here we are on the real dirt again. On today's dirt, I have Joel Payne from Earls in Leadville. How's it going, Joel? Good, Chip. Good. Oh, you're doing my favorite thing. As soon as you got here, you cracked open a jar. I couldn't help myself. I yeah. saw it sitting there. Yeah, that's a CSI Old Family Purple, I think they call it. That's the Triangle Kush Urkel, right? It smells good. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it's just some hydro weed, you know, uh, uh, but it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. You know, it's uh, no pesticides, uh, 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 food-grade nutrients, right? Um, but it's nothing like this fine jar of organic weed you uh, brought me here. And this is, man, I always love my guests that show up with a sack of weed. You, you did a great job. <laughs> Just to <laughs> clarify, it's not a sack. It's a glass jar. It's a glass jar. <laughs> what's uh, what's What do we got in here? Uh, you got some 16-week Fort Collins cough. I've never got it to go that long, but this time I just wanted to. Um, so I thought you'd like to taste that because I know you're a sativa guy. Yeah. Um, some strawberry cough because mm. I know you're a fan. Yeah. And some L.A. Kush. Oh, all right. That's, yeah, that's some more oh, strawberry. Oh, this is the L.A. Kush right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and this was the... Uh... This this was the weed we saw you the last time I saw you. You were fixing a harvest. Yeah, I pulled that time. down maybe in like uh, late October or something. I think you were up mm-hmm. there. Awesome, dude. Well, well, what are we gonna smoke? Oh man, if you want to be chatty, Kathy, uh, interview chatty, time. Chatty, chatty, Kathy. I'm thinking the Fort Collins Cops, probably the way oh, to go. And all five haze is always a good option. You could also. I was I was gonna mix it with some of the strawberry just because. Hey, hey it, I'm gonna let you it blend it up. I'll it let tastes you be better. The, I'll let you be the bud tender here. All right, that sounds right, great. You, you got your accoutrements. You rolling it? Sure, I'll okay, roll it. Do it, man. All right, yeah. All right. Here's the rolling tray. All right. And uh, you got the, you, you know how all that works. Oh, I can. I can can probably figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I met Joel in 2009. Joel was the new cultivator for a, a newly formed company called Patient's Choice at the time. I was designing their their grow of like, I don't know, 400, 600 watt lights, 600, 400 so- Four hundred or six. Yeah, there was lamps. a couple rooms of like two fifty or, or something, something five hundred like watts, right? Yeah, right. And like uh, Joel was there. What was the 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 grower that this corporation hired to uh, grow their weed? Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, that was right at the pinnacle of the industry regulation forming. Right. Yeah, two thousand nine. So you were the first grower I met here. I was coming from Humboldt County. Oh, really? I was right. the first one? But, but, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I might have met some, like, uh, uh, home growers or something. But uh, 
I, I, I thought everybody was going to be like you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope that's work. in a it good way, but... It uh, didn't work out that way. Yeah, I don't think there's... I don't. I haven't found I any... I don't think there's an, uh, too many other growers that prescribe uh, to the to the same type of techniques of uh, do-it-yourself, do-it-simple, organic, um, high-quality weed on a large, large commercial scale as you do. There are others out there for sure, but that's rare... When I met you, I took a lot of flack for the way I was trying to do it. And you saw in that warehouse, you know, I had a a, a ton of 50-gallon containers filled with Mm -hmm. organic soil that all had to be hand-mixed. It was, you know, uh, the crew that worked for me hated me (laughs) because the workload, you know, that's some backbreaking, dirty work. And uh, every, you know, we were kind of, the patient's choice at the time was was had the biggest kind of fanciest grow at the very beginning there. They were one of the big ones at the beginning. Yeah. Right. And we had a lot of VIPs kind of coming through and looking at stuff. A lot of nutrient company people. They didn't like you at all. None of them liked me because <laughs> we, I didn't want to buy, we didn't need to buy any of their products. A, but they also told me, everyone told me this won't work. This won't work. You can't do this. That doesn't, you can't do that. You know? Right. And I, of course, like, yeah, I've been doing it for a bunch of years. So I was confident in what was happening. But. Right. Yeah, uh, incredibly simple, scalable grow. And I, I remember our, one of our first conversations is you wanted to use these 55-gallon containers as your your technique at the time. And you guys couldn't figure out, like, a they wanted something better than a Tupperware. But, like, yeah, Rubbermaid know. was how I came in. I, I talked them into it solely based on it was a brand-new grow. It was a ton of overhead. Right. They had, you know, all the investor kind of typical stuff where the guy at the at the table's telling you you got to follow this schedule and you harvest every this many days and this and that and the other thing. Yeah, but the the Tupperware, the fifty five gallon drum was actually ended up being the perfect answer. It worked fine. It, it worked fine. Not only did it work fine, it was inexpensive compared to like the other containers available at the time. Yeah, fairly durable. Yeah. You could use them for yeah. quite a quite a few rounds. Right. For, now, now I think there actually might be an, another choice with the hard plastic container that were actually works for this purpose. I haven't. Right. I haven't. I don't really use that that the technique style anymore. anymore. Right. But I, right. I, I, I've kind of. Taking those containers and use them for other things, making sure sure and stuff. But uh, well, there was a beauty to the commercialness of it. That even though it was a a fifty-five gallon Tupperware containers, and I think this is what most people had problems with it, right? I mean, this was for the time a highly sophisticated grow. Oh yeah, right. They had HVAC. There were thousand watt air cooled lights, like CO two, like computer control, that crazy uh, ion scrubber thing. Scrubber, right, right, right. I don't know if they ever got that to work. Uh, Yeah, I don't either. Uh, uh, they were one of the first ones, and, and Joel's in here with all these blue Rubbermaid Tupperware, <laughs> just like with dirt, and it just it just looked ugly to so many people. But yeah. it ended up being really a simplistic uh, grow technique. It was all organic nutrients. You mixed it in the soil, and it was water only. You you, you watered it once a week with a uh, yeah right. with a, a supplemental tea every once in a while of either just really basic dry newts that we actually just tea bagged into the water, or I don't even know if that time we in that in that uh, space we ever made compost teas, but um, right around the same time I was making compost teas and adding that you know microbial teas and that sort of thing. So man, that was, that's all a glimpse in, into Joel. But uh, I want to step back, man. I want I want that like light bulb moment, that uh, aha moment when 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 did when you first started growing weed, right? Like let's 
back in time, mm-hmm. way back in time. Mm-hmm. What made you realize you had a relationship with this with this plant? Well, I think it all started when I was twelve. Uh, I had a neighbor move into my block who was a I was a biker. I was a BMX freestyle biker for a couple of years there. And I had an older neighbor. I was in, uh, I would have been in seventh grade, just going into seventh grade. And a high school kid moved up the block a few houses and he was a skateboarder. So I immediately started skateboarding. And for the, you know, I, I skateboard now. So it's been a lifelong journey of skating. But I just got a Santa Cruz longboard and a, a vintage Sector 9 longboard. I would have made fun of you 10 years ago. Now, but now good job. You hey, should bring that to Leadville. It's, it's, we have the, some really good uh, downhill. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Stuff. Yeah, they're real slow. They're perfect for downhill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right behind the farm, you can hike back to the Mineral Belt Trail that goes, 11-mile trail that goes all the way around Leadville. It's a bike trail. It's asphalt. They keep it clean because there's kids that lap that every day in the right. summer. It's pretty so, so you traded in your airwalks for vans. Yeah, you yeah. I got from, uh, yep. You went from biker to skater. Skater. And then, uh, you know, that, that turned out. I was such a diehard skater when I was 12 and 13 that I uh, I hung out with these high school kids every day. So they turned me on to cannabis. They were all kind of new wave punk skater high school kids, which in the mid 80s was, you know, the outcast kids. And of course, they smoked the herb and they turned me on to it and I immediately grasped it. I think that's how it started with me, too. I actually came home. One time I came home, we were smoking in this guy's bus, uh, VW Bug. And they, the kids all, they, they always took care of me, these older guys. And they, I had these cargo shirts on. They gave me all the roaches from the session. Put them in your cargo for later, you know. I was like, oh, great idea. <laughs> then I went home. My parents sat in the family room with my parents. And immediately they were like, you reek. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom and flushed them down the toilet. <laughs> and then they made me go to my doctor and get tested. And I tested positive, obviously. And, uh. I blamed it on another kid. I told him I, I told him I was hanging out with this guy that and actually went to my pants. That, no, no. I told him I was that I smoked with a kid that I was, you know, in my in my grade in my class because I knew that they would ban me from hanging out with this person. And uh, yeah, oh, so I still got to hang out with the older kids. And surprisingly, my parents were uh, both teachers. You know, my dad's a retired high school principal, and my mom's a t- retired teacher, and they. Made me do all this stuff to get you know go to the doctor and figure out if I was smoking this and then they did nothing about it. Not really. I didn't really. I don't remember ever really getting in trouble. And then for the rest of my existence at home, they just turned a blind eye, and I was basically a daily smoker. So yeah, that led up to immediate. Yeah, it was a me. I, I immediately took to cannabis. I mean, I would go to school. I'd smoke it at school in junior high and high school. Oh, we'd bad go up boy. and we'd go. Yeah, we'd go up in the alley and smoke out of pop cans and toilet paper rolls with tin foil and that sort of thing. High school, uh, same thing, you know, it t- turned into shenanigans. Kind of, yeah, shenanigans. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> I think the, the in terms of growing, it, it really took a turn when I when I dropped out of my second year of college and moved to Leadville to help a family member uh, open a business there. And uh, you know, Leadville, for the people that don't know, is a really old school uh, Leadville mining. Town. Uh, yeah, it's an old mining town that uh, the mines have all been closed well, there's the reopen now. They had been closed since the 60s. Um, so it was kind of a rundown, no money really to be made in the in the county itself for most people. And uh, it was populated mostly by ex-miners and deadheads because for some reason deadheads tended to migrate to that town because of, I think probably because it was so cheap and isolated in the off season. So you had a lot of – a lot of uh, – Cannabis users, cannabis growers, and uh, 
a lot of uh, interaction with those people because it's a small town. So I right. I caught on quickly to kind of the finer aspects of 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 sensimia and and high grade indoor grown cannabis as opposed to kind of what I'd been smoking on. Right. Which right. You know, I rarely saw those things. I. In, you grew up in Boulder, though. Yeah, I grew up in Boulder right. County, in Colorado. Yep, yep. My dad lived in Boulder County. My mom lived up in a ski resort town, and I. Uh, but I still grew up, you know, like most people back then. I, I cannabis, at least in Colorado, I and mean, Boulder and Nederland is and Leadville have always had these uh, names for for high end cannabis and Sinsamia and that sort of thing, homegrown. But uh, I didn't really see it at that age. Not a lot, right? Yeah, know? absolutely. Different scene. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mexican weed. Mostly Mexican. Weed. Yeah, I, I mean, I clearly remember the first time when I was 15 that I got a bag that was actually had some glands on it, mm -hmm. and we thought it was laced. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was I laced. Saw I saw that. I, uh, the, the first weed I saw that looked like that was called uh, Coma Bud, right? And it was greenhouse grown weed, right? And the quarters were one bud, right? Uh, and and that's what that's what the rumor was, is like, look at all that dust on it. Right. Right, it's laced right but it got you higher so oh, yeah. it was so you smoked yeah and yeah, i was 15 wanted, i didn't care i was like no, yeah right. great right <laughs> yeah it turns turns out that it was probably completely safe and it was just what Absolutely. it was supposed to have been right yeah so so you moved to leadville is and and did you did did the is did you have the puck then was it the puck uh yeah when i moved to yeah. leadville uh the first year or two i did hear the name of the puck quite a lot i don't really actually i honestly don't really remember Getting it I don't remember. Yeah, I, I feel like I probably did, but it, it didn't stand out enough to really recall the specific moments. Right. But uh, yeah, the puck was around. Uh, there was a lot of skunk around back then. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the typical AK-47, all the kind of the early Euro uh, M39. Oh, Canadian strains. Mm -hmm. totally. Oh, yeah. Commercial up, up there, stuff. A, a, up there, elevation. Mm -hmm. So this was even outdoor grown weed, though, right? No, it was all indoor. Oh, the, all yeah, indoor it, Leadville, you can't grow outdoor at all. Right, not, not really, straight outdoor. Not really at all. Right. I mean, you're in greenhouses, but like that's indoor. I, yeah, and I never, I, I've never known of a person to grow in a greenhouse up there until in the last decade. Oh wow! Um, right. I'm sure people did, and I've heard store old timers say, "Oh, they had this, you know, clandestine yeah. crop here and there." But, but it was it's hard. It to was all infrastructure indoor. And the thing about Leadville, and I think why a lot of people were there, aside from the fact that there was kind of some big dead tour personalities that kind of resided there in the off season, there was also the the right. Um, logistics for indoor growing you know it was you know an, a small isolated mountain town with lots of like kind of rural houses with property a lot of cheap properties in town and the weather is so cold most of the year you know i mean we get snow in june july oh, i've seen snow in every month of the year up there uh actually mm -hmm. snowing and so it was really easy to yeah, cool right now easy yeah. to cool you don't need to put acs on windows or anything and it was it was easy to kind of and you know when it's cold it's kind of harder for people to smell thing right. that sort of thing less was, moisture in the air yeah it's dry so there's less <laughs> bugs it's dry there's less humidity so you don't have mm -hmm. as much of the indoor humidity problems and all that kind of stuff it was a really just a i i felt like always it was a really uh perfect environment for indoor growing it was just easy mm -hmm. it's cheap and simple to set up yeah, down in the flats in Denver, it's so hot. Yeah, yeah. And you go from the extremes of so hot to so cold, so hot to so cold. Yeah, it was. I mean, if, as a Coloradan, I was well aware many years ago that when you get to August, there's no cannabis to be found in Colorado. And yeah. the back in the day, you it was dry. You, if you had any any kind of cannabis, it went for top dollar, no matter what it was. <laughs> 
and because everyone in the front range and everyone at lower elevation had to shut down for the winter without being suspicious and setting up AC. And, you know, people didn't do that back then. So right. it was only people in the real high country, maybe Netherland and... Yeah, all the mountain towns is where all the we mountain came towns. from. Back yeah, then. exactly. Yeah, I never at least really in the summertime, you could run year round. Totally. I never thought about that dynamic. But you're absolutely right. That was the the previous technique was just that, was uh, uh, people shut down in the summer. Yeah. People shut down in the summer. Yeah, so we'd always just wait, you know. We we wouldn't shut down, but we also would just kind of hold out until August. Even though we had it, we'd just wait because everyone right. else was, yeah. That's 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 hysterical, right? I think that's what uh, brought me to California. Was I got to Colorado in August and there wasn't any weed here, so I, I re- kept driving. I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, we hit the water and found weed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The only other place I've ever lived in the in the U.S. or been to in the U.S. that I would ever consider living in on in the lower forty eight is uh, NorCal. Mm. You know. Yeah, similar culture to what I've similar been. Similar culture. Yeah. The mountain towns. And, yeah, it's and, small towns that are don't, you know, the logging industry is kind of, it's all either old loggers or hippies right. or growers, you know. Back to landers. Yeah. Self-sufficient, do it yourself, that type of technology. I mean, that type of yeah. person. Yeah, off-grid yeah, and all that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you get up into those isolated areas and this like community develops and this, this sense of like you're out here by yourself and you got to take, you know, you can't call the police or the fire department or the ambulance, you know, to take care of you, you have to take care of yourself. And, you know, that's a similar type of, of, of a feel that develops with the people that live in those communities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, Hey, I think this is a great time to take a break and, uh, we'll, uh, talk about our sponsors. This is Chip from Real Dirt. I'm here with, uh, Joel Payne of Earl's. These new episodes are made possible through some really awesome partnerships. We want to form long-term relationships with other entities who have similar goals. Thanks to Grower Soil, a line of soil and nutrients manufactured and developed right here in Colorado. Also, thanks to Cultivate Colorado with two stores in the Denver metropolitan area. Cultivate has one of the largest selections of indoor horticultural equipment in the known universe. So stop by if you have any growing needs. Grow your dreams, cultivate your legend. And we're back. This is The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. I've got Joel Payne here with Earls, and we are smoking a great blendo here. This is a strawberry cough in 05 Haze. Yeah. Mmm. Oh. oh. That incense smell and taste mm. yeah the strawberry gives it that little well so old you know they've been around forever they kind of like i don't the nl5 i'll smoke more frequently than the strawberry but uh i'll never let them go probably yeah i mean strawberry cough used to be the colorado strain yeah right? like not, not not from my perspective but um those are the ones i heard about peonia and strawberry cough that's what i heard about I right. never knew about strawberry cough being a big thing in Colorado in in the past, but I, I you know, I knew about pea bud and purple paralyzer and paleonia bud in the mm-hmm. early nineties. What yeah. Yeah, I didn't come to the Colorado weed till later yeah. later on. Yeah, the, right. the pea bud was probably the first uh commercial Colorado mm-hmm. kind of local 
thing that I noticed um, right. in my development, at least, you know, because right. I lived on the Western Slope and that, and then once you live over there, then you'd see it. You didn't really even right. see it in the front range. I didn't know it from here at all. Right. No, Just I, over I there. heard about it and that Paonia, Paonia bud, we didn't know it was pea bud, but that we had heard about it. Purple we were looking lines. for it. <laughs> right. But, uh, right. I, I, it's, I hear that's that it's around. That's what brought me to Telluride. That's what brought me to snowboarding. All right. Right. It's searching Did for. Did you find it? No, I didn't yeah. find it, but I found like Telluride and snowboarding. Supposedly and it exists. Things. I hear people say that it, other people have it, but I, uh, I haven't seen it since back then. As far as I know, that, that you know, Payonia used to have a huge outdoor scene. All right. Who from Payonia wants to come on the real dirt <laughs> and show me and Joel some purple pea bud? I want to see some purple bee We want to see some purple bee bud. 25 years later. <laughs> oh, somebody's going to show up, dude. Somebody's going to call us. Ah, that feels good. That's, that's just let me know. I'm, I'll be there. What were some of those strains, those early strains you were growing? You, you were, we were just kind of getting in that before the break, right? The first things I really remember heavily, you know, we were talking about the puck. I, the puck was around. I didn't see it a whole lot. There was another, like, some, I think it was P91. I'm not sure what it was. I think it was always called a hash plant too it was right. a real low yielder it wasn't like the puck which is kind of unlike uh afghani this one was more like real foxtaily thin kind of small pieces um a lot of m39 because of the commercial right. value um a lot like orange bud um skunk one ak-47 no, I'm kind of just the, these are all small indoor grows. Yeah, I mean small. And lots of people had like one to ten lights or yeah, something. I, oh something. man, back then in, the, in, in lights, the mid nineties, if you had ten, you were like you, you, nope. you only knew a couple. You only talked to a couple people <laughs> ever. Oh God, yeah. Totally. I mean that's that you changed. Were, that was like quickly having, in the two thousands. That's like day. having four hundred lights a day. Yeah, something like that. <sighs> yeah, that's that's what it would have felt like. Like having two or three lights, you were uh, you know you felt pretty pretty sketched out. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, people, yeah. Because you the, didn't invite people over. No, and, no, right, no, right. Nobody was coming over after the bar. No, right. none of that. If not, if you were smart, I mean, yeah, right. you know, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Everyone else did it. The you know they would. If, if, the less you care, the more problems you created. So totally. But that's also what expanded the consciousness and the education of it too. Is those type of people pushing the limits? Being, sure, yeah, putting it, put it out there. Yeah, grow you should grow weed too, man. Yeah. Yeah, right. no, you know, everyone takes their own route and is and is 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 dedicated in whatever way that they choose to do it, and and you know, um, I would always scold, I would always just scold people when they when they'd get busted, and then like in our local authority, they would make you write a letter, and they'd publish it in the paper and say oh. this was bad, and I shouldn't have done this, and not always be like fuck that guy, <laughs> you know, just take responsibility, <laughs> don't the fuck off, take the take the extra punishment, don't 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 sell your soul you know because you really think that shit because he couldn't really think yeah. that you know he got caught and then he had to confess yeah. <laughs> I guess, man. he broke the first two rules yeah right yeah. so when do you 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 haven't mentioned like any european strains they've all been like yet local like u.s strains when did the european influence start to come in in terms of, I mean, all a lot of those would be European still. I mean, the M thirty nine is is uh, Canadian, Canadian, and this, uh, but all the other stuff, rumoredly, I mean, uh, you know, well, the skunk is Mike Peabody, Mike Rourke, that and might be Mike and Carney could probably tell you better about where the puck comes from. But I, uh, pretty much everything that I knew that people were growing came from seed from Holland. I mean, they okay. someone went to Amsterdam for the most part. People weren't getting mailed stuff back then that I was aware of. Mostly, people were going and getting it. Right? Yeah, Holland's been like a a. a, a, a man 
the seed distribution point for years and years. Yeah, and then during sure. that time, you could really count on a lot of those company seeds. So they were there was a, a, a bit more integrity in the in the seed pack. They than, weren't making so much. Yeah, 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 and it was newer, so it was kind of closer to the source and less kind of thinned out and. <laughs> There was less people doing it, you know? Right. I could probably, you know, there's probably only 20 big names from back then that were even doing it on a worldwide scale. Yeah. I mean, Yonkers, Neville, you know, the Cincy Seat guys. Yeah. Fine Dutchman people, right? Yeah. Serious. Yes. THC, those all came like on that. Yeah, Sagamartha. Right. Um, Tony and uh, that was all like yeah that all evolved, like Cincy, came right on Cincy. top of those guys yeah, and then, that was all right there yeah, yeah. since he had flying Dutchman then I feel like I feel like oldest. at least from my perspective is yeah they were kind of there was like a, a, a so many year uh, uh, run of of popularity of seed breeding and bre- good seeds being put out and then there was a little gap in the late 90s early 2000s where the, there, it didn't feel like much was happening. Right, yeah, regulation you know, happened in uh, in in mid nineties in in Amsterdam. It's what went down, and everybody got rid of a bunch of males because people would just have thousands of plants. And regulation came through. They're like, oh, I'm gonna have one male now. Right, you know, all these clones from a seed base, and that the whole thing changed then. Yeah, right. yeah. And let's fast forward to <laughs> medical cannabis. All right, legal medical cannabis. Right, you started getting involved with uh, caregiving. For people, because that's how you got involved with legal cannabis. Sure. Back in 2002? You know, a little later or, than that. You know, I, it's, I, I'm sure everyone knows all, the, funny, the funny story. It should, it should have been on the ballot in 99, but the lady who made, who counts the votes or whatever <laughs> stashed it under her desk, and then she died the next year, and they found it under her desk, and or, you know, something like that. And so it went on the ballot all automatically, I think, in 2000. And then for about, I don't know, for the first four or five years, I mean, I was well aware of it and, and all, but... It was just kind of, you know, there was probably only a few hundred cards issued in the first five years. And yeah, then in over. People were so scared of it. Yeah, people were scared. And it was just a small program. And it was kind of like, why? And seemed invasive, you know, around 05, 06, 07, somewhere in there. I'm not sure of the year. I was probably the first five, I don't know, I was in the first thousand cards for sure. And I got a card for myself for a little while. And then I, then, you know, as things kind of progressed, you know, I, was, I was always keeping up with who was pushing what and, and what everyone, you know, people were saying you could get away with in terms of plant counts and growing for people. And, you know, I was interested in growing cannabis. I just wanted to grow more. I wanted to, right. I wanted to have a, a little license that said I could grow as many as I could. Cause right. why wouldn't I, you know? Yeah. This is, this is all in your house, in your. Yeah, sure. In my own personal spaces, you know? Right. right. I was try- I tried to be pretty smart about it still because right. what it wasn't. Size, man, what size were these gardens back then? Oh, small man, you know, like a you know six lighter, right? You know, in 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 the very Thousand early, watts. yeah, Thousand a six watts. lighter moved up to like a twelve, and then you have mm-hmm. like a couple twelves, and you right. know, from there. And and at the time, where was it? There was only a couple grow stores around. Yeah, at the y- time. Yeah, there was a, there. I mean, you had Ed in in Boulder, mm-hmm. Boulder Hydroponics and Organics. Yeah, I haven't Ed's been there. Gone. I haven't, yeah, I haven't been there. Ed's years. gone. He's gone. Yeah, that, that whole store's out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He always ran kind of a small, kind of rinky dink show. Yeah, kind of he, weird vibe. He didn't make the first the first cut. Yeah, I noticed that he did mm-hmm. open another store out there, out there like on thirty six and twenty five ish or something. But anyway, I, I quickly evolved from from Ed. I, he was just my local. I tried to support. You know, I'm from Boulder County, so I was like, Ed was the guy. Yeah, you totally. know? There's no, there was no one else really. And then, uh, you know, the first way to grow in Fort Collins 
Right. I would go up there just because he would special order me certain things that, you know, whatever. And I would go up there anyway. Um, but those were the only two I, I really dealt with until, until big medical, you know, after I, after I started caregiving, it evolved quick, you know? Right. So, so were you making your own equipment back then or your soil or were you using? I was doing mixes of stuff and experimenting with everything. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I've grown a ton of different ways of hydro and different products of hydro and, I just kind of evolved into into soil lists and and soil mediums and stuff just because I mean just out of curiosity really and then I it was just out of preference. Right. After it, after I did it long enough and really like, damn this tastes better. Yeah, and there was a lot of rounds where I'd grow with someone, you know, some hydroponic normal, you know, local nutrient or whatever and a bottled nutrient at line and I wouldn't even really be able to tell the difference at the end sometimes. But other times, you know, and and more times I think I would really appreciate the, the buds that I smoked out of the soil that, more than the hydroponic. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, or uh, you know, nutrient, nutri bottle nutrient line stuff. No, I get it, man. I mean, uh, man, you could flush hydro weed great, rock will grown weed great. It'll taste awesome. But, man, properly grown, organic, mostly water weed, pretty, it's incredible flavor. It's well, yeah. It's hard to beat it, man. It's the same with food. Right, I mean, I'm not, I, 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 I'm, I'm a, I'm an opportunist when it comes to eating. I just like to eat stuff, but right. I, I prefer organic, you know, I, like if I, if you give me an organic conventional store, Safeway three blocks up from your house, sure, banana, non-organic, and then I get an organic banana and they're truly what, what it says they are. I can always taste that organic banana. It always is going to taste infinitely better than that other one. Right. I can barely eat the other ones anymore because they taste so different. They're so tasteless. Yeah. Totally tasteless. Bland and, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, right. Starch. Right. Right. But it's, all, if it's all, you know, then you love bananas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, you know, and, and like I said, I'm, 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 I'm I don't, yeah, I wouldn't judge anyone because they wanted to. Eat this banana over that banana. It's just, it's just my personal preference. It's all subjective, you know. It's just, it's what I like. No, man, I, I used to be on this. I used to be on the uh, soapbox on organic and vegetarianism and veganism. And I, you know, I'm a twenty plus year vegetarian. I try to only eat organic food, and but uh, I, I, I preached it hard at one point, and. Man, I kind of I, I realized a little bit of the error of my ways. I grew up a little bit, right? It's not for everybody, yeah, right. And and I also see like the beauty of synthetic nutrients and the environmental impact the that control. goes along with like mining some organic nutrients. You know, we're strip mining back guano, yeah, but it's considered organic. Yeah, it's like a problem in some countries. And I don't think it. that's any better than say like taking a waste product from the natural gas industry, right, and using that as a fertilizer, right? Like it's yeah, you know, it's waste product. I think we should use. I've that. thought about that a lot. I'd really it'd be really fun to have your own bat caves, wouldn't it? If you have oh, like bat uh, caves, bat caves, and bat then you, they have their own diet. Diets. You know, you give them like Jamaican diet, Indo diet, Mexi diet, yeah. Peruvian diet, whatever, all the diets. Yeah. Oh, you could just have these. You make your own diets. You have the, the, the Colorado diet. Yeah. Back caves around the world. Yeah. It'd be right. Great. Yeah. In the yard. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But there's a place for it all. I realize that now. And, you know, I, I got I got grow stores and I've made potting soil and, you know, all this stuff, you know. So in Colorado and Denver, most of our market is a synthetic market. Right. Yeah. Sure. And, and it's 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 a large, large part of the synthetic market. We have the organic stuff there, but like people just, you know, that's not 
that that's not the way people do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's in terms of big cannabis these days, it's all about pushing numbers. You want you're looking for yield and you want the bling, you know, want, want it to look as bling as possible and as chunky as possible. It's weight as much weight as possible. I get that. You know, Every, all, all the all the I can't think of a, another dispensaries grow that I've been to that doesn't use bottled synthetic nutrients. I mean, I know there's a few that use organic bottled nutrients yeah, yeah like you're lines. you're like we shouldn't even be friends we should be like enemies me and you. yeah right because right. I, I yeah i yeah because <laughs> you, you don't buy anything from the grocery store not not much not often i mean yeah. i do you know i do have a, a, a small you buy, you buy soil and amendments i buy amendments and i don't buy a whole i buy soil straight from straight from the yeah. man who brings it to everyone else you know it's it's because at this point you did just bring the semi and why not it's the same load yeah right um yeah, the soil that doesn't hit us hit, hit, hit us that hard because it's uh, we recycle it all. Even after like in the blackout uh, houses, uh, light debt blackout. Yeah, light right. debt houses, light deprivation houses, where we have beds and we've turned we've turned that soil six seven times, and now we're we just pulled it all out because we're expanding and we're putting out in more uh, full season pots. You know that don't rely necessarily on electricity or the lights it's just uh you get a bigger plant so we can take that soil that after seven runs is maybe a little bit feeling uh the most of the plants are showing or some of the plants are showing symptoms of some sort of toxicity or or deficiency in terms of you know in, in, in small ways we can re we just, we'll just replace that soil into bigger pots you know we'll take that soil right. and, and 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 add a little bit of the new so we are always buying a little bit of uh, soil, mostly amendments. Sure, but it's really low inputs, and that's yeah. that's the beauty of organic is how cost effective it is. Yeah, right. And and, and on a commercial scale, on a large scale for for our food and agricultural consumption, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, right. Because right. it it really is. If, you know, and, low and, cost. It, and in the end, you know, that being said, if I were to feel like I would get a superior product by pay, by doing more, using more. Um, I would, right. You know, it's not about, it is cost effective. Oh man, not, I got some growth hormone and some zero fifty thirty. There's a, I mean, there's so many products and so many things that are, I've tried it over and over and over and over so many times now that, you know, it's easy to take test batches when it's mixed the exact same and you're pretty confident of it. Yeah. And it's, you can, you, it's, you know, I took your soil back, right. Royal gold. You brought it in. I, I put the, uh, put it right up against what I was running for some years and it ran exactly the same. It was a little bit lighter and it had to be watered a little bit more. Other than that, it performed exactly the same, which is exactly what you said. <laughs> Trust so you were me, right. Man. Trust Six, me, how many man. ever years later, Chip, you were right. <laughs> Trust me, man. Trust me. Yeah, no. I believe in organic for sure, man. Uh, uh, it's hard to make organic products though in our marketplace. They don't make it easy to label things organically, and it, and it's also hard to get organic product, you know, uh, uh, raw materials, organic raw materials, right? I mean, it can be done, and I've got organic products planned in the future. I just know it's like a small part of the market. Luckily right. for us, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people seek it out. Absolutely. Um, I don't. There's. I, I know there's other entities. I met someone in Louisville the other day. I already told you this story, but I'll tell everybody else. Huh. At the guitar shop up oh, there, right, right. Wildwood Music, plug for Wildwood Music, the coolest guitar store probably in the world. It's in Louisville, yeah, Wildwood. Colorado. Uh, I was in there checking out a guitar, and the guy said, oh, you, you, you work at Earl's? 
because I had an Earl's hoodie on. I was like, no, no, I just, you know, my buddy. He's like, oh, do they have another shop in town? I want you to come up and be a <laughs> right. featured bud tender of the month now. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. Yeah, I had yeah. totally do that. Featured bud tender of the month? That'd be sick. Absolutely. Midsummer, boom days. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool. You but know, yeah, people all over the state come up there for sure. Yeah, it's a nice drive up to Leadville. It is. Joel's it's got unique. hands down certified chip grade weed. Thank you, Chip. <laughs> that 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 means something, man. That that it, means something. It is like I went toward Joel's facility that we'll talk more about here later. You know, when I go into places, the number one people say, the number one thing people say is. Uh, I get this much a light. I get, I'm pulling this much a plant. Right. And as I'm talking to you about it, you don't really like think about it that way. Yeah. I try right? not. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about it that way to an extent, but I, that's not, the, that's not the main intent, you know, that's not the main intent. Right. Yeah. It's uh, and, and, and that's when I knew, like, I mean, I already knew you were a, 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 a grower looking for quality, but like, that's really the, the telltale people can say whatever. Right. But as soon as they're talking about yield per square foot, you know, is their most important thing. Right. Then that's what that means. That's what and that hey, means. let's honest, uh, dude, great, honest yield per square foot. Let's, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And you can I grow some it. pretty damn good weed on, on a schedule program, I guess, but <laughs> right. on, a, on a standard operating procedure. Yeah. I mean, the last grow I toured down here not long ago, um, big chain, uh, just, a guy that I used to work with and he runs this grow for, you know, these guys that grow for everyone else will remain everyone unnamed. Beautiful gardens, man. Beautiful. Every plant looked healthy. So, so symmetrical and just pretty, you know, very organized and, and efficient. But even him, even, you know, he was like, yeah, you see this death star. How long do you take it? And I'm like, Oh, that's usually 75 probably usually for us. And he was like, yeah, 60 every time, 60. Yeah, we he's like, it still looks days. good. It does the same. Right. And it's like, yeah, I get that. It probably does. And and you can yeah. still make some great concentrates from it. And you might, you'll still have an even pretty nice flower for someone who doesn't. Right. I hear the same thing about sour diesel everywhere I go. 64 days, 64 days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've never run a sour. I mean, I know that the, the, the res line or whatever has 60 someday yeah. sour diesel yielders in there, uh, finishers in there, but. All my sour diesel East Coast clones that I've ever run were seventy mid seventies, yeah, yeah. Totally. mid to late sometimes, you know, depending. Yeah, that top cola never wants to really mature. Yeah, right. Oh, we should roll up another really? one. Don't yeah. fire up a roach. Where's the roach? Oh man, it, there, it wasn't quite. It wasn't quite Where's the roach. roach? It was yeah, like, he's like, oh, it was so good though. You know, that's how you know. can tell the weed's it's great. Is, oh, let's see what what else here. I'll roll this next one up. What else we got here? Let's see. Uh, uh, what do we have? NL5 strawberry cough? NL5 strawberry cough. LA Kush. Mm. LA Kush. LA Kush. That was a great round of LA Kush, man. That is one. I inherited that when we took over the business. And I and she is a finicky little nasty little thing to keep alive and to just make perform. But this last run, she no, just. a huge, chunky nugget. She man. was so chunky, huge. Just so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, What's the biggest problem with it? With the LA Kush, yeah, uh, doesn't want to, doesn't want to. It just, wants to die as soon as you start to give it a cut, make it a cutting. Yeah, pretty much. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> looks like it wants to die all the time. Right, right. Except for on a rare case, you know, it was a fall. You know, with like with with growing in Leadville and where we grow and the way we grow, we are able to utilize the sun at ten thousand. 
250 feet or whatever. Um, one of the houses sits yeah. at that. The other one's probably at like 10 to 225 or something. So, you know, we should have started it out this way. Joel Payne, he's the founder of the uh, highest commercial grow in the world. The highest greenhouse supplemental light depth grow. <laughs> because this is funny. This is funny. This is funny. Because when I, uh, you know, when I, when I, I got out of the business for a little while, I, yeah, I got so discouraged with what happened down when I met you and, and with, you know, with the industry itself, just as a whole, I was just kind of really burnt, bummed out on, on what I was seeing. And so I boogied out for a little bit and went to Leadville and, um, Found yourself in a cave up in the hills of Leadville. Found myself listening up. to the words Jerry Garcia. Oh, not so much of that at that <laughs> point, man. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> man, I do that so often. All right, man. You know what? I think it's time for another break. Anyway, I'll break while I roll this joint. <laughs> and uh, this is Real Dirt yeah. with Chip Baker. I'm here with Joel Payne with from Earls and Leadville. I got to get incredible thanks out to Denver Normal. They're an organization that advocates for the rights of every marijuana consumer in the Mile High City, while also creating long-lasting partnerships with local businesses that share our value. Thanks, Denver Normal. It takes people like you to really make a change. That's right. We're back. The joint is rolled. Yeah. It's a pretty good size one, huh? Yeah. Got a better, bigger grinder than me. Yeah. I maxed my grinder on that one, oh, and then yeah. I put it in there, and I was like, well, it's a half joint. Yeah, but trying to smoke less weed, man, you know, I should get a smaller grinder. That'd probably be good, like. <laughs> Just roll more joints. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, I smoke it's not more like oil. like shit grows on trees, man. Yeah. Right. Doesn't even fucking grow on trees half the time. Little, <laughs> little bushes. The little bitty bushes. The little bushes. The little bushes. All right. Yeah, so, so we were I was going at, yeah, uh, so I brain fart, but I was I was talking about being the highest greenhouse light dip in the in the world. Because when I when we <laughs> took when we took when we when we when, we when I came back in we we we, we, we yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> when we uh when we came, when we when we uh, took over the the business at, as Earls, you know, from the guy who had the medical store before that, Cloud City Compassionate Care, Dan, shout out Dan, Dan, Dan Pedro, he's a good dude, super good guy, still around. Um, was burnt out on in the industry, man, because it was tough. It was super tough when I when I was working in Denver. I I went up there. Let's finish the story anyway. So so Dude, when I took over the business, I was like, are we the highest crew in the world? Because we're real high. We're super high. And we use the sun. So, I, you know, but on top of that, I just want to be the highest girl. So I actually called um, High Country Healing. You know, they were at Alma still then. And I asked them how high their girl was. <laughs> because they're the only town that's actually higher than, than Leadville. It's uh, not incorporated or, or I don't know how that is now. But What's up? So I called up Alma and uh, their girl was higher. Long story short. So I was like, I was kind of bummed, but at the same time, uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, who gives a shit about that? But <laughs> I, uh, we grow with the sun, which is more important. I, I feel like because they were indoor. Yeah, they're all indoor, they're like all indoor. like you know, electricity and light and all that stuff. You know, I'd had some experience in NorCal with some with some partners and some different projects and you know that sort of thing, medical growing, where we grew trees. You know, and everyone. You know. 
five pound, 10 pound trees. And uh, I had never really known other than on, in the Western slope, peony and stuff back. I think people were growing some, some pretty good crops, but otherwise around here, I'd never, you know, there was no one growing trees, no greenhouses, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Can't get away with that in the front range. Mm-hmm. So many people. Oh, the flavor on this is great. Yeah. It sounds it's great. Would you roll up again, the LA? The L- I got the LA. LA. It's a good time for LA. that one, man. I still got to drive two hours. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I need it to like just simmer. So you're growing in these 1970s <sighs> so, greenhouses so that you converted into. They're they're kind of mixed match pieced together. The the original grow for the entity that we bought out, you know, um, Clouds of the City Compassion Care. We he had he had a my part so I guess I should I should stop and say you know that Earl's isn't just me I have two partners uh, Matt and Earl Boovey they're fun father son duo that's the namesake that's the namesake the Earls um, because Earl's eighty four years old he's a Leadville legend he's done many things um, in his life that are just uh, inspiring and uh, you know and uh, his son is a hardworking cannabis smoking loving. You know, dirt biking, heavy metal, and <laughs> American. American, American, yeah, oh, yeah. Leadville yeah. light. He, he, he some was of all my favorite things. More, he was. He wasn't born, but he was raised in Leadville, and uh, you know, we let live out on their on their farm uh, where Earl used to raise tomatoes in the eighties. He built. Uh, he he raised hydroponic rock wool based tomatoes um, in a, in a couple of different greenhouses. And uh, he did that lasted for a few years. And then Earl being the, the, the guy that he is went on to do other things after a few, you know, pump failures and this and that. And he was doing other business dealings and it was just not worth his time. And he just kind of abandoned it. And the greenhouse has just kind of sat around for a lot of years. Uh, you know, one of the local florists used one or uh, one of the local uh, you know, florists, I guess, mm-hmm. used one of them for a while and what and whatnot. Um, and then as, as caregiving was more of a thing, you know, I started to want, I, I, I was seeking a place to, to put four or 500 gallon pots and put a plant in it. Cause I can, you know, I could grow six plants. I could flower three at any time four I want. Four or five hundred gallon pots. Yeah. Okay. Right. Filled with soil. Right. Uh, one plant, put them in in the springtime, harvest them in the fall time. Five then, plants is what you're saying in, in hundred gallon pots. Yeah, or so you could have your six, okay. so I like to flower my yeah, three. Sure. So you, however sure. you wanted to yeah, do no, that. No, I, I just, I just wanted to make sure we weren't talking about four or five hundred gallon pots. No, your hundred gallon pots. No, and, four or five hundred gallon pots. Okay. Four to five hundred. Four hundred to five hundred gallon pots. Oh, okay. Four hundred to five hundred gallon pots. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so a reasonable amount. Yeah, m- minimum like two hundred. That would be a small pot. This does taste delicious, this oh. L.A. Kush joint. Tastes awesome, dude. I haven't smoked any of this in a minute. You got the L.A. Mm. So you're growing four or five hundred plants? I was growing like six plants in four to five. In, <laughs> in, in, huge, in huge pot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it, so anyways, we, we ended up, we ended up uh, using these greenhouses prior prior to taking over the business in a caregiver sense with, with right. small, small numbers plants. so we had experience right. at the high altitude because you know Leadville right. gets really cold has gnarly winters right. but we're at 10,000 feet we're the closest to the sun man yeah I've seen this place and uh, I yeah all year long homemade greenhouses 
Yeah, Pretty one was much. the one was the old tomato farm. The, uh, the the full season house attached to that is a is a new house because the house that existed before it that looked basically just like it got taken out by a spring snow load a couple years before that. Right, just completely bent all the right. metal so, trusses. You know, just just right. flattened it. Um, yeah, and then the upper house we attached to the original grow which we bought. We bought from the previous owner. Uh, he had fourteen lights. Um, we came in and just gutted it all. And put in our own lights, uh, really simple, and attached an old greenhouse frame. It's actually a Kwanzaa hut frame that I had sitting in my yard across town. And mm-hmm. Earl built it all out, tractored it up. Yeah, totally. This is uh, all made out of spare parts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, the light dep is a, a hand crank with on a hub. That a he's hub. welded all together and has on runners and, and, and pulleys and... Uh-huh. It functions just fine. The uh, uh, the return on investment on this thing happened like immediately. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> took like a month. Yeah, right, 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 right. And it's incredibly functional. It's uh, I, I it actually, you know, I see people spend dollars, and I see people spend buckets of dollars on grow. Yeah, me too, man. Right, and like <laughs> you know, you can have. We a, met in the bucket. Yeah, side. Yo, dude, you we know, did. People were just like side. dumping, just dump burning money at it. Yeah, fortunately, some of it was going my way. So. Yeah, exactly. Good for you, man. Good and, for and, you. In your way, too, yeah, for so sure. To speak. For sure. Right, right, good times. Right, good times. Right. Good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we all get here from working hard, and mm-hmm. making it happen, man. And, yeah, and those guys made it happen too, man. You know, they they did what they did. And, Who's um, that? Uh, Patient's Choice. They they. Oh yeah, sure. They, you know, more, more. they progressed. Multi, you know, sold out different owners. Different you know, owners. It still yeah. exists. Uh huh. Right. Yeah, I don't know much about it. You know, yeah, I kind of no, just live up in my own little nest of the world and don't even pay attention <laughs> so to much. You supplemental light. Yeah, supplemental light. light. Uh, yeah, we have uh, double skinned. Two of the houses that we have currently are, are uh, full blackout. It's all hand crank. You know, you got to yank it around a little bit. Functions just fine. A lot of times of the year we can get away without even pulling tarp, you know, um, mm-hmm. to flower or to veg either way, depending mm-hmm. on the time of year. Um, all done by one person, basically Heather. Shout out Heather. She's a one man, up, one girl show. Yeah, totally. you know. Yeah, I'll have the real grower on here one day. Yeah, for sure. She would be so stoked on that. <laughs> <laughs> she does it all, man. She's she's really a powerhouse, and uh, we're a really small crew overall. We're extremely, you know, me and my partner Earl's son work day, every day, um, doing everything. We have three trimmers. They trim all of it currently. Basically, that I mean, that's bit, but more or less how it's been. Constantly tr- harvesting, constantly trimming because we we harvest everything. We wet trim it, we hang it, we dry it, we we see, we seal it up, and you know we tub it up, mm-hmm. and then we dry trim it. Mm-hmm. So uh, they just kind of crank through it. You know, they do all of it though. They they do they mix they they turn the soil for us, which is back breaking. They're your farm hands. There are farm hands, and awesome. they crank. Then they crank it out, you know. And we hopefully compensate Here's them okay the for that. Because, Here's to the farm hands. Yeah, big time, dude. Big time. We couldn't do it without that. As the biggest challenge of this entire operation is is the labor. Is the labor? We talked about this earlier. Exactly. Employees is the hardest thing. You the know, hardest thing. The hardest thing. It, you know, in Colorado and Denver has Denver has three percent unemployment. I think right now. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But okay, like, yeah, I have no idea. But holy hell, that is such a small. That's a low number. Low number. Yeah. Right, and the cannabis industry is definitely a significant part of that because 
you know, it employs 20,000 plus people in the state. Non-cannabis you know? people will tell you all day that it doesn't, they're not sure it has anything to do with weed at all. I don't think it does. Mm-hmm. And they'll name off a whole bunch of other things, but the timing, I yes. think, is just it's pretty ironic. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I think it's obvious that the economy and i mean i've been here i've been here off and on my whole life born and raised and it's and it's at a peak you know and it's because of cannabis i mean how happy am i it evolved all around me right in my home little nook of the world oh yeah you made it like this Mm -hmm. man i used to chase it around you know go to europe and amsterdam as much as i could and whatever whatever so that i could be a part of it now it just kind of came now it's here yeah and i don't know family's here grass is always greener Mm, i guess right Although anytime I get free now time for the last 15 years, all I do is leave here. Yeah. You know, but that's the beauty, I guess. That's what you do when you. Oh, you know, I'm a gypsy dude. Mm-hmm. I've been all over. I lived all over. You know, I, I, this this isn't going to be my last home for sure. Mm-hmm. Home's where, home's wherever my feet are. Yeah, I hear right. you, man. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I love Denver, though. This is a great place to be, man. Sure. Colorado's a great place to be right now. I love Denver a lot more now than I did as a young person. As a young person, I really appreciated the Boulder scene. Mm-hmm. And I, Denver yeah, was Boulder's kind of, great, too. Denver was kind yeah. of bland. There wasn't much going on. You know, there was a couple venues. It was like the Mammoth, and it was all the, you know, it's all basically yeah. what exists now, but just named other things. And, yeah. and it was, but it was small, kind of, kind of just... It wasn't too happening in Denver, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, if you go back and look at pictures at Denver 20 years ago and then look at pictures Cal-Town. of the skyline now, it's like a whole different thing. Yeah, so totally. it, that that says it all right there. Yeah, absolutely. I enjoy, I enjoy being in Denver, you know? I really, I, I actually, back when I met you, I used to go back and forth all week. You know, I'd come right. down oh, to yeah, Denver yeah, at my little place. Like, well, we hung out there yeah. once or twice, maybe. And uh, drive back. And every time I was coming down, I was excited to be coming down to like that part that, you know, with all the access and the just amenities of the city life. And then at the end of the week, it'd be, I'd be just as happy to go back to the tranquility of trees and no people and people that leave me alone and don't care what I look like or where. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Mountain towns. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. If yeah. you look, if you don't look the way I just described, if you, if you don't you look. You stand out a little you, bit. Oh, a lot. Right. Yeah. You you look like a tourist or a Denverite or whatever, and that's what you are. You're kind of like, you know, it's a different way of life. It yeah, really I, is. I see so that wherever like, I go. Like, you know, you go to uh, the East Coast, right? Yeah. And either one of us would totally look out of place. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. But, I hate going to the East Coast for the most part. Like but like here, here, we could go anywhere, any bank, any restaurant, right? I'm halfway shaven. Yeah. Joel's got mud and dirt all over his clothes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally do, <laughs> for sure. Farmer, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm just jiving. No, it's true though. But hey, hey, let's talk about dirt because you know that it's the one real of my, dirt. One of my like favorite things to talk about is dirt. You're you make your own dirt. And, yeah, I guess. I mean, let's let's talk some dirt techniques, man. Hey, you know, here here here's a great question people always ask me. Let me get your perspective on it. How do you stabilize the pH of the dirt and your fertilizer and your water when it's organic? I don't do, we don't do you much. We don't do any of that, do you? We don't really do shit. Um, do, you, do you balance out the pH of your soil in any way? Um, I, I would imagine some of the, some of the products, uh, I mean, in total, what I would add to my soil mix is at this point, like eight items, nine items. It might even be less than that usually. Good lime it, or I gypsum. think usually, yeah, no, no lime or gypsum or anything as a, as a, the, the sole means would be to balance out a pH. I don't address the pH at all. 
Okay. I add what I add based on um, repetition and practice of amending in terms of different ratios of different things and just break bringing it down to a level or to a number of products, you know, and, and products, is, I mean, is, like, I mean, like meal, you know, like dry goods, like bone, blood, kelp, guant, poop, poop, some trace minerals and some poop. Some of this and some of that, you know, but not, you know, earthworm castings and, but nothing. Um, I used to add a lot so more. So, like, I used the to balance add, of acidic and alkaline fertilizers, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Right. You hadn't even thought about it because you're just such a pro. You're like, oh, I no, think needs, I think it's more, it's more, it it's not that I'm a pro. I think I'm so, <laughs> oh, you're totally a pro. So retarded that yeah. I, that I, you know, I I just I di- I just did it over and over enough mm-hmm. that it whittled out to a, a nice ratio of things that just complemented each other in a way that I didn't have to ditch the soil. I could recycle it. Right. I could just turn it, put a do the exact same thing back in it, put the plants right back into it, whatever size clones, whatever full size plants, and then flower it again, and then take them out, and then. The, you know, over so, and over and over so and over and over and over. Did, did, did this technique come from economy of, or availability of soil? It came out of necessity to stay. I think, I you know, honestly, I the primary reason would probably be because uh, discretion. Because when when you're in a small town and you're and it's all everything's totally. I mean, people people that ha- that weren't that place. didn't exist be, in a time where they were where they were conscious of what was happening in the weed world because of their age or whatever you know if you didn't if you didn't live in a time when weed wasn't legal in a place where it's legal mm-hmm. you don't understand what it feels like for when it's not legal yeah right you, you know unless you're ret- stupid you you're you're, you're not going to take the you're, tr- you're taking every precaution you know mm-hmm. so i would uh not want to have to bring soil in and out and what you have to, yeah. have to take it somewhere do something with it and so you, you, you it wasn't built, really economy because right. You, you know, so you you built your soil worked and had money, right? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, just the uh, being in a mountain town or an, an, I, an isolated area. Sometimes just getting proper ingredients is expensive. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And living isolated, right. those things all come into play. It's just more of a headache. And why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, the, in the end, you wouldn't want to do it because the product. Oh, that's how I started, dude. Yeah. I started making my own soil. And watching the soil guy down the road, Dan from Powerflower, big ups. He's not around anymore. Dan's <laughs> around, right. but his company's not. Uh, uh, I, I, he helped me out, and I'd go buy ingredients from him because mm-hmm. we're in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're living off the grid, and it's like, well, what else to do? i got a shovel and a pile of fucking dirt. Right. We talked about it. that business. <laughs> we had a meet, you know, I, I hit you up about that back in the day because mm-hmm. I, I, that, that it's such a big thing out there. There's so many at this point of, you know, someone will mix you a nice soil mix. It's actually a pretty decent soil mix and they'll truck it over to you and fill up your pots or your troughs or your oh, totally. beds or your whatever. And, and it's not, and, and they'll front it to you until yeah. next season because you pay them. And, that, you know, it's like that, that I thought that that idea in Colorado would be a great thing. And I, th- I still think on the Western Slope, if they ever like stop repressing everyone over there with the laws. Yeah, the Western soap hadn't opened up yet. Yeah. Right, right. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I think one of our sponsors is a local uh, soil company. They're on the sponsor list. I forget who they are. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, Growers. Growers Soil. All right. Um, 
You'll hear more about that at the break. So uh, you right, you, you call it builder you building you build your I don't soil. Call it you anything, don't call it anything, man. I call it anything. Like, like I said, gro- I'm growing, man. Well, you know, it's not. Uh, you call it dirt or soil. I call it soil. Yeah, I'm a dirt guy. You're the dirt guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I halfway do that just to piss people off that are like, it's soil. No, oh dirt. yeah, I don't care. Right. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's just terminology. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all about pressing buttons sometimes too. Right? Yeah, you know, and the soil, and the soil dirt, my soil dirt. My dirty soil. Yeah, it's my dirty. My, my dirty, dirty soil, soil fluctuates in the dirty dirtiness levels. Okay, here here's another one that I get for organic stuff, guys. You know, people come into the shop every day, cultivate Colorado, and ask those questions. Okay, what about pests, man? How how you deal with pests? What's your pest management system? My pest management system is don't bring in plants from anyone else. Mm-hmm. And if you do, well, you can. If you do. I mean, for the for the business side of things, for Earls in Leadville, you know, there's no, you don't have to do that. We do, we can't bring anything in from the outside, so it's like right. you know, I don't I don't get clones from other dispensaries at all. We well, everything we had, show, we, we had, had the same see. conversation. My last week's show, I had the same conversation with uh, Greg Gamut, right? Yeah, over genetics and bringing genetics in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. It's yeah, it's stupid, and it started in a you know in the beginning. Everything just that's how everything came in was just mm-hmm. people brought it in. But yeah, you have to follow the rules now. So whatever we had or or had seeds of or have made seeds of, we can have you know. So that's so we we just go with that. But in terms of pest management in general, you know, just don't bring plants in from other people without quarantining it. And if you have to use products that you're not you know don't want to put on other plants and stuff to do that, I mean that's what most people are probably going to have to do because. As far as I know, around you know, most people have issues. Yeah, right. We don't. We, yeah, if, start if, from seed. Keep your own plants in. Yeah, we don't right. spray with any anything. Um, I mean, the only thing we've used in, as pest management in the last couple of years is is product called Green, green Cleaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, there's not, and and that we've only we only would ever we only ever spray that on vegetative plants or or soil on the top of the soil. We'll spray it, or mm-hmm. on stems we'll spray it. But never in flowering, you know. Nothing ever touches plant matter in flowering, and no buds ever get sprayed with any kind of product, water or um, fertilizer, or or fertilizer. Or, no, yeah, no, we don't spray fertilizer ever. Uh, but a pesticides or fungicides or anything like that, we don't spray ever on flowers at all. Nothing. It, we don't spray water either. Mm-hmm. It gets condensation from the greenhouse sometimes, you know, because the the temperature fluctuation is pretty intense. And in, in the winter, we could be like negative thirty. Right. If the sun's out, it's 95 in the greenhouse, so you get some – at night, you'll get – Are you able to get strict environmental controls out there? In terms of – And, you know, I, I have other guests on the show and definitely other customers who, like, I have to have it at 74 degrees. Oh, no, man. Day, night. No, we put – we have really simple thermostats set up. I didn't set it up. You know, it's uh, – it's uh, it, it works. No, it's, it's a- not. It's absolutely. not how I done it in the past, and how I did it in the past with more with, with it's, it digital is a kiss operation for sure. Yeah, and it works. It um, works great. Yeah, um, you have to be around kind of to kind of nitpick it here and there, and it's seasonal. You kind of have to change some of the vi- mm-hmm. variables to season seasonally. Yeah, yeah. My point that I'm always try to get across is you don't have to spend. You know, you don't have to spend a million dollars to make it. Get, Look, get, man, I didn't even, even want to. Today's I didn't even want to get back into the marijuana uh, Colorado game at all because I was so disgruntled with what I'd. You know, most most entities from my from my perspective in the industry are using you know 
most of the products that are totally illegal. And I mean, I see recalls all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say um, that, I mean, I think that the the testing of all that is the way it's being handled and, and, the knowledge behind all and the science behind all of it, it's still so in, in its infancy that it's, it's kind of irrelevant in some ways. Yeah, They're man. I mean, dark. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, you haven't, uh, you haven't had any problems scaling this organic technique. It's inexpensive. It's, it's low labor cost. Yeah, it's all really right. cost effective it's, for sure. It's, 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 there's no really, I think, more cost effective way probably. Mm-hmm. But that has not, I mean, honestly, that that really doesn't have, I, I've been planning on putting in a, a hydro, I want to grow high, I've never grown hydro under the sun at 10,000, whatever, 200, whatever feet, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, with supplemental light too. I mean, it, that, that I think It'll that, crank it, it. yeah, It'll crank it, crank it and use, and use whatever, you know, whatever nudes you, re- you, you're, you recommend, Jeff. <laughs> Uh, well, you know. well, hey, we'll put a list on the realdirt.com on the hydro nutrients I'm going to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. but you know, I just prefer it's it's solely over off of a preference. I don't I don't claim to have a whole lot of, you know, I took a little bit of botany and that sort of thing. I quickly found out that in terms of growing cannabis at a young age, that was my attempt, you know, I dropped out of school, came into this cannabis culture, started growing a bunch of weed. Right. Dropped out of school, started growing weed. Yeah, so I wanted to, you know, in the early, in my early early attempts, I wanted to try to be really legitimate about it and go back to school. So I put myself back to school and to try to take some body and 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 mm-hmm. science stuff and 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 have some way to back some of it, you know. And I quickly found out that that none, none of that really made right. any yeah, any, any difference. Matter, it, but... it, it's all experience with just mm-hmm. growing the actual plant. Wow, man, that. Yeah, I'm just rambling that now. Tastes, pretty much. That tastes great, dude. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that way. Yeah. That does it. What are the uh, man? If you if you had like a pain point or a challenge along the way, something that's been the most difficult thing to deal with or overcome in this new legal industry for cannabis grower like yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just go, it's it's employees. Finding people, staff, you know, people that can that can that can kind of put everything into it because we're so small. We only have we have four employees at a store. We have three trimmers. We have one grower. I have a partner, mm-hmm. and we do all everything involved, which is so expansive yeah. in the industry. You know, it's so it's time consuming and all that, whatever. So it's um, hard to expand. It's yeah, it's like yeah, it's hard. Or... It's hard to find people. You know, it, it gets better all the time because the people at this point, some years later, are, are you know, really you... good. You know, yeah, they're man. really good. They crank it out. They can really get shit done, and that's why we can we can just keep up. We don't wholesale in. We don't wholesale out. We uh, we do it all just for that one store. You know, just to crank. I just the whole idea is just to promote Leadville. So that you know, that's the biggest challenge is to keep up with all that and try to find some. The, the the right people that are going to help sustain that because it's just one thing it's like a, it's like you know a, a food to table sort of a a thing and 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 mm-hmm. that's the challenge is like everyone else is something else everything everyone else is what we've talked about up uh, doing it all these other ways that we've talked about you know they're cranking out schedules and they're trying mm-hmm. to pr- perform these you know numbers and have that's so much and, that's a, that's a yeah 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 thing. and we're just trying yeah. I'm I'm attempting I've been attempting you know and I I don't you're, I don't think mean. it's yeah, I don't know how successful it's been, but the attempt is to 
is to grow the same. I mean, I don't have a personal garden anymore. My garden is the garden. I pull out of the, out of the jars, you know. I buy mm-hmm. weed at the store too, you know, <laughs> for real cheap. But I, but I, but I, I smoke. Our, that's customer. those are my gardens, you know. Those are my gardens, right, and I'm trying right. to just do that basement to not basement, but greenhouse basement vibe to, you know. We get the same quality being greenhouse up there with with supplemental light. We when it's oh, when yeah, it's absolutely. when it's full sun in in for six months out of the year, we can just turn the lights out because we don't need that shit. Yeah, right. But the rest of the year, we just throw them on anytime anytime that the clouds kick in or there's storms and stuff. We don't even open up; it's they're covered just like an indoor room, you know. So what's what's the, the best, best month of the year? What's the best month of the year for harvest for you? Um, October, November. Yeah. September through November, we get kind yeah, of the right. same performance up same, there. Yeah. Same same quality. Yeah. Yeah, that's when the highest quality is. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for the most part. The most everything performs the the to the, the most. Full, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I love about the sun is it, it I, in my in my experience it it makes the plants perform. And the natural beauty of the plant too. There's just evolution that the plant knows the moon and the sun and the 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 change in the earth and even indoors. You know, often the best crops are still that same time. Right. September, October, November. Right. right. Yeah. Right. The plant feels it. Yeah. It feels the tug of the moon. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that before. We, 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 you know, it's, that's the, that's the main, that's the main challenge besides, you know, finding good help to expand that, that, that idea, but to to try to expand it in a way that is still the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. if we were to put a store in another location that's more heavily populated, can we keep up with that same like personal touch? To, you know, mm-hmm. everything's it's hard to maintain that that whole idea. Um, yeah, well, yeah, time and place, man. Yeah, there's somebody getting it's slowly, but sure, it's slowly. That's the whole thing is because 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 that's the the whole intent, and we're not. I mean, we're trying to make money. Obviously, it's a business yeah, and whatever. It's business. You got to, I'm yeah. just, but I'm trying to make it with a, with with feeling really solid about it. You know, doing it in a way where I'm like, well, I don't know if this way is better than anywhere else, but I feel the best. Like I'm a consumer. I've been smoking weed for my whole life. You know, since I was a preteen, I loved weed every day. <laughs> I love my weed. There's not that many days pre-teen. in my life I haven't consumed cannabis. You know. Yeah. Um, and for, so, you know, be, to be able to pro- provide someone with the same quality that I, that I would, mm-hmm. the best quality that I could possibly give to somebody, you know, um, he's speaking about giving somebody past that. Yeah. yeah I might've gone out. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm mouth over here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, you know, partnerships are hard too always, but, uh, Yeah. Working That's, with other people, yeah. But the, the the thing that I have with the guys that I that I'm partners with is that they're they're real they're real handshake kind of dudes and and they know that uh, I'm the cannabis dude. I'm the love dude guy that's loved cannabis forever and and I've always um, had a passion for just cannabis. You know, I'm not out. I haven't been out and about trying to be involved with the cannabis world so much. You know, but just in my own. Travel, yeah, right. my own travels and my own it's all adult life. I've I've always been kind of chasing cannabis things, you know, and and keeping up yeah. with the cannabis world in terms of the genetics and the companies and the people doing things, and uh, at least in the public eye, you know, um, a little bit. But uh, you know, it all works pretty well. They 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 give me the the uh, they have a lot of uh, 
qualities that they possess that uh, enabled us to expand and keep things maintained and and uh you know help in a lot of in a, in a lot of ways that uh aren't gardening and i'm able to just ha- be have full control over what how it gets gardened so it works great you know right and the way it gets sold at the store everything it's like it all is the way that we feel as an entity you know as i feel it should it should be just you know I mean, yeah, you're the driving force. Yeah, we don't prepackage great- it. We don't. Yeah. We don't put any gas on it, seal it up, or air. You yeah, know, pull, uh, the, pull the pull the nugget. We just out, put it put in it a jaw. We just try to like take the headiest, chunkiest nuggets that we can from whatever crop we get. That's you know, which varies a little bit seasonally, strain wise. You know, it's all jumps around, but that's you know, it's it's it, the, the intent is to always try to keep nice chunky buds in the jars and you can open it up and you can look at it and you can smell it a little bit and then you can even pick buds or whatever if you want you want to cherry pick we'll get you some stuff you know and just try to give people the best option of what we have and which is always it just gets better and better and yeah. better obviously you know it's yeah that's great man you're uh, uh you're gonna have people from all over the world come to you after yeah, I don't know this that. episode. Yeah, like, I think tucked away in the in a tiny little town in the middle of Colorado, hey, tourism the highest is town. With, you know, you know, it's yeah. tight. It's tight up there. Retourism's real, though. You you were talking about it. Yeah, and me and you have been involved in in searching weed all over the world before that was like even thought about as something you could do. Yeah, you know, now you did, can do it in the U.S. and you know we were going to Europe and the Americas and other places. Yeah, the so, we the we the Europe was always d- disappointing in the sense is in that the cannabis flowers that I got, although sometimes exotic strains or like, and sometimes pretty nice flowers. It was all it, it, overall. It's better. It, it was better at home. You know, it's probably the same mm-hmm. for you, right? Coming mm-hmm. from humble, you're like, well, our shit's better than your shit, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I get it, dude. Yeah, I would always, I know. you know, somehow we would always end up smoking weed from California when we were in. Uh, in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so what about now, man? What's uh what what's going on now? Is it just a job? Yeah, man. Well, no, I mean, what is it? Chip. You make it sound this so like so it's a joint's it's great. Just, it's just, this is a great joint. Mm. Goes on and on. The joint right goes down. on and on. I mean, you you make it sound so simple, but like it's not. You're very zen like about it, right? I don't know about that, man. It's I'm. Uh, it's been. I I spend so much time doing it. You know, I spend so many years just kind of traveling half the year, and then I'd come work and just mm-hmm. make money and binge purge my, in in terms of, of lifestyle. But I <laughs> I'm stuck now. You know, I'm stuck. I'm just stuck in this in this idea, which you know, it's like I'm not claiming that we've I've accomplished shit, man. It's our flowers now, our chip are as good as flowers as I've ever grown on a really consistent basis on a pretty, you know, on a, on a, on a big enough scale to have 25 jars on the shelf. Most of, you know, 20, 25 jars of, mm-hmm. of full term, like hundreds, whatever, hundred plus day sativas and, you know, whatever we let stuff finish whenever it finishes, you know, it's like. Because we can, because we don't wholesale in, we don't wholesale out. We have no, we don't have any desire to do it. Anything we have that isn't cherry picked, we just send off to someone else mm-hmm. to, you know, do mm-hmm. something with, and then we bought, you know, whatever, make deals and sell it, and then feel better about it because we know we didn't spray a fucking thing on that. 
Yeah, no right. matter how it ever fucking came out testing it, we never sprayed a fucking thing because you can come to our grows for a lot of years and there's not that we don't have any of those products we wouldn't use. Right. I mean, I, we don't sneak them in. We all live there too on the farm, so we're like, <laughs> can't really sneak them in. But we, I mean, you could totally do all that shit, but um, no, you, you'd be you guys, stupid to do it. You know, I don't know why you do it. You don't have to. We've had right. problems. We throw shit away. We throw, you know, I'd, I'd gauge. You know, the problem with the old, old, the old, the old days is in the beginning of this industry is that everyone wanted these numbers and shit. Not every, at the, and even in the beginning, man, I just uh, varieties numbers numbers in terms of just what you're gonna yearly be able to produce for them. Oh yeah, yeah, you right. know projections, projections, and be and and then and so unrealistic, and you'd have to argue with these people about the about how realistic it is, you know, and uh, yeah. I don't want anything to do with any of that shit. Well, speaking speaking about uh, uh, fantasy, what, what, what's the future hold? Look into this crystal ball of yours. Uh, you know, um, life chip, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, we're at a point now, we're at a point now with the, with the, with the, with the team that's like working together to make Earl's function that uh it, it maintains itself so i it, it's if we could expand that a little bit and put another store in a, in a more in a more populated area you know i grew up down the front range so i would you know i'd love to have a store that was down here that i could just i mean i don't yeah me too man i don't know if i could keep up with it because mm -hmm. of the numbers we do up there you know at the store up there in terms of people coming around and and mm -hmm. how much we have it, which isn't a lot you know it's 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 not like uh you could add a couple more greenhouses up there. We are currently. You're going to you get know, some employees. We had some neighbors that were like, we had these greenhouses down the road in Minter, mm -hmm. you know, about the hill. And we, I'd been driving back past them for a lot of years. And then I saw them on sale for, you know, they were selling them. And we went down and talked to them. And they're like, oh, yeah. And then they hooked us up better than that. So they were like, nothing. Right. We're not even right. using them. We're just setting them up because it's fun. And we can grow veggies and stuff in there, too, and eat it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a build skateboard ramps. and Oh, yes, totally. <laughs> Gotta do something inside. Gardens. No, yeah, we'll put in gardens, too. But yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice to be able to at least just have a little store, just a tiny right. little store, put some like flowers. I just, I don't know any other dispensaries that really grow how we grow. No, I, I, I'm, I, I hear they're you out there know. and I'm tracking them down. Yeah. I haven't yeah. heard. I'm, I, I know that there's a lot of organic people and doing this and that. It's just a kind of, it's, I, it's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, who, you never know. It seems like, you know, we're always growing. People are, we get more and more business all the time. Most of it's word of mouth. And a lot of people are driving up from down here to come up and get like an ounce or whatever. And then once they do a little while, we try to hook them up a little bit kind of thing. We don't push it really. I'm never really promoting or like, I mean, a little bit. We're always, you know, we take some pretty pictures once in a while and do some sales and like try to stoke the locals right. mostly. Cause that's who comes around. Totally. Um, <laughs> but you know. Awesome small town shop. That's for sure. Well, you got the tallest peak out the window when you're looking at the buds. You can see Mount Albert. Right. And yeah, the second tallest, spot. right? Yeah, it's a great spot. Right. That's why we did that. Uh, great parking and all that, you know. Yeah. We just looked out. The store that we took over was a, was a little tiny little spot with a couple spots out front. And everyone would just leave because... They had to wait for 30 minutes to get into the, the tiny door, little right. room in the back. Right. And we were like, oh, man. And then luckily, <laughs> Phil, shut up. Now, you guys got a primo spot, man. That's for sure. Yeah, it worked some out. Some of the best weed in worked Colorado, out. for sure. Simple, simple little, simple little uh, 
build out, you know, we didn't do a whole lot. We just kind of took the restaurant guts from the high country, high country cafe. Is that right? <laughs> the high country. The high country. THC. Awesome. Yeah. That, we, they, they, my partners were like, we should just keep it named, the, you know, the THC. I was like, that's not the worst idea ever. No doubt. That's but, great. Yeah, no. The hearts really come into this, man. You, you, the weed we got here is awesome weed. I know it's indicative of the weed you got in your shop. This is like a hand-grown, old-school weed, people would call it. This is what you would buy from the guy who grew four or five lights in his back room and sold it to you in his uh, living room. Yeah. Right. This yeah, is, that came from the shelf. Yeah. That came is, from this, the same jars. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, that's the attempt you, you know, it, the spirit alive for sure oh dude it's know? taken it's taken a few years to get it to the, to the point where i actually feel I, you know i wouldn't even promote it at all for the first couple of years you know it's i've only been you know pushing earls as 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 a business really for the last year because for the last I like year how humble you are well yeah you know kind of <laughs> because it wasn't so good and we when we were wholesaling you know when we run short because we started small and built up and we did it slowly and you know with our own Two hands, you know, six hands or whatever. <laughs> we, six hands and three hearts. Yeah. Built with a hand crank and a hub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the greatest thing ever, man. Well, man, it's been awesome having you on, Joel. This is great. I know we've been trying to work it out for a while. And uh, thanks for driving down to this uh, yeah, late man, spring snowstorm. I'd, yeah, dude. I beat it down, so I'm just going to have to drive back through it going up. Yeah. It's cool. I appreciate you having me down, man. I yeah, it's a good time, but we'll roll one more up before uh, you leave for the day. But, hey, this has been another great Real Dirt. Chip Baker and Joel Payne. Thanks, bud. Thanks for joining me today on The Real Dirt. If you want to find more out about Joel Payne or Earl's Leadville, you can check out his bio at therealdirt.com or follow him on Instagram at Earl's Leadville. Always stay tuned for new episodes by subscribing to The Real Dirt on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And follow us on Instagram at The Real Dirt Podcast. If you know a grower or a cannabis entrepreneur who could be a guest on our show, please contact us at TheRealDirt.com. Thanks for joining me.